So when it came to Papa's life, did you, I was talking to Nani um, about his childhood. It sounds like he grew up in right out, was it Mount Rose or right outside Sioux Falls? Well, um, Mount Rose is about 20 miles out where the Vanderwoodies were, and that's where the burial plots are. Um, but the farm that Dad grew up on is just, let me see, what direction is it from Sioux Falls? It's out by the airport, across Route 29, um, about you know a few miles out. So probably as a crow flies, about five miles from downtown Sioux Falls. Oh, true. Yeah. But pretty much the gravel roads and all that back then, they're paving them now. Yeah. Nani said that the airplanes would fly right over their farm into the airport probably and i asked her do you think that's the reason why papa might have wanted to become a pilot yeah. maybe it was a subconscious thing when he was her mother says because papa couldn't go as fast on the ground so he had to in the air <laughs> um and uh what was from your memory what was papa's like childhood high school college what was the timeline Okay. So he was born in 42, um, second oldest of four kids, right? Um, three sons and youngest is daughter, Mary. Um, uh, farm work, I think. Uh, I know, I think it was the months of May and October that they prayed the rosary. Was it every Sunday night or was it, you have to double check that with uh, Nani, if it was every day or every Sunday night that the family did as far as spiritually. Um, of course, Grandpa's father had been a convert, I think. Um, so, um, and so as far as the faith being passed on, I'm not sure how much Grandpa did uh, as far as talking, but he he, he lived he, he lived it. He was, I think, Grandpa's very hardworking, honest, um, and that's where Dad got his work ethic and his honesty um, and just detachment from, like you know, bling. Um, but living on the farm, um, it was would have been. Um, I don't think they ever needed food, um, but um, like you talk about, middle of a, a snowstorm, blizzard, and you got the outhouse, and you just yeah. not, no indoor plumbing. Um, I think mom said when dad went out, went to high school, he went out for as many sports as he could, but he did. He had the chores every morning too. With the, yeah. So he had football, basketball, I think those are the two sports he did, but so he could actually get a shower every day as opposed to waiting for Saturday nights for the, the bucket bath in the basement next to the furnace. Yeah. Um, and um, of course he had a horse, Bunny was her name. Um, he tried to play Lone Ranger once with Bunny and run it up behind her, jump on her back and all this out, but she kicked him and knocked the one out of him <laughs> and sat on him. Um, so he had basically shows dad's temper a little bit because he backed her up to a cinder block wall and just kept itching the foot basically by the back leg that makes the horse kick so she wouldn't kick anymore. <laughs> so she never kicked him again. Um, but yeah, uh, working with animals a lot, of course, and all of his you know know how and just almost second nature decisions with the animals on the farm. That's a He'd learn that growing up, I think, for sure. Um, and just working, I think, around, he, they worked on the farm. I'm not sure if Dad worked, uh, maybe some, they did work for some other farmers, but, you know, you're out in the fields in the summer and stuff. And 
mom's older brother bill actually worked with dad um he wanted to get one summer's working on his strength so he, he worked down with with him um but um other than that i think every sunday or was it every saturday night they had rice pudding for dessert um that was so i guess desserts weren't there the rest of the week i don't know about lunch just normal um and the house itself the furnace actually there was a there was a hole in the floor uh, like a grate and the first floor and then the, the furnace is in the basement and so the heat came up from that uh from that floor and up to the second floor and i can't remember who what who slept where i thought um now i may remember if dad and his older brother where they if they slept there in that room it's also the family room though so we, we know it as but i can't recall that would be a good question to get answered um about that yeah uh, and other than that i mean I know Dad said around 16, was he around 16? Uh, Uncle Steve might remember this better when he uh, took apart his first engine and put it back together and it, it wouldn't run. So, um, But eventually he got better at those things. Um, of course, all that know-how, know having to fix you know stuff on the farm, he didn't, he didn't take it to the man mechanic. He did it himself. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, school. I think Nani still has... Dad's report cards from high school. Uh, yeah. Nani mentioned he was really smart. He did well with uh, math and stuff. Well, there's one religion grade that was really low. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what's going on that year, that semester, that quarter. I said in sixth grade, one of the, the nuns, uh, he was messing around, so she picked him up and hung him on the coat, coat, coat hanger. She's just a little, you know, she said, he said he just picked her up. He, she picked him up. Put him up there. Um, other than that, he said some of the guys were bullies, but he just, you know, and the foot, we're just playing football on the, on the, um, I'm not sure it was paved or not. Maybe it was just gravel or whatnot. So he just, he just run through them, you know, the football. Um, I don't, yeah. From his childhood and high school. Of course, Dwayne O'Connell was one of his friends. He's still alive, so I was back out in Sioux Falls two two years ago and met Dwayne. I've never, I'm not sure if I can remember meeting him. Dwayne was the guy who actually got the MVP of the Christmas tournament that they won, their basketball tournament. I think when Papa was maybe a junior that year, um, and uh, Dwayne O'Connell got the MVP. He didn't play. They played two or three games, and including the championship and. Dwayne didn't play the championship because he messed up his knee in the semifinals. And he still was the MVP. Wow. Yeah, so. But I got to talk to him, and he was giving me some some background stuff. Um, but he, uh, I know Dad talked about Dwayne coming out. Dwayne was a city boy, so he came out to the farm a few times. And um, and I think Dad was milking a cow, and he squirted milk at him. Because he and his brother Jim would see how far they could yeah. shoot it. And Dwayne was standing near the door. And he fell out the main second story door, but that was where the manure pile was because they're, yeah, it's the springtime and you're getting clean enough. So he fell right into the manure pile. Um, because Papa squirted him. Yeah. He tried to get out of the way and he jumped on <laughs> yeah. Um That was, um, yeah. But high school years, um, and of course, that's when he, he, he got, to, he met the earlies. And that was, you know, Nani's family through 
No, he's older brother Bill. They did sports together and had a pal around. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's how he got to know Bob's family. And we only lived three blocks down from the cathedral from the school where they were too. Yeah. So anyway. Wow. Did you know what Papa was like? Was he like a troublemaker in high school? Was he outgoing? personality yeah he's was. he had much more of his mother's personality than his dad grandpa was i'm not sure if i ever saw grandpa smile maybe once um he was very hard uh at the dinner table he would look at the food and he'd expect you to we'd be eating and grandma would have to he'd be down there and grandma would be over here that's just a great he'd just look at me and so but, um he'd get after us for chasing the cows because they'd lose their milk and they couldn't <laughs> calves couldn't so um Yes, he was, he was, he was tough. Um, and, uh, but so dad's work ethic, um, and his honesty is definitely from grandpa, but his personality, I think more so from grandma, she was hundred percent Irish and she was, she was more of the communicative one. Whenever we'd show up, she'd have cookies. She'd make cookies for us. She'd have them all ready to go. Um, so dad would, um, you know, and I think once, uh, he got a window blown out in the back of his brother's one car and grandma kind of had that from everybody she knew but she so she kind of uh, kind of kept track of Tana a little bit but i think he was he was outgoing yes because he's palling around with with billy early and the others um and also just you know just um you know a sense of good sense of humor not a wisecracker but able to you know see fun in life joy in life yeah so that'd be coming from from grandma gotcha. yeah. i got the impression from nani that he lived life a little on the wild side on the edge in high school he could have he could have um especially with the the cars and speed yeah yeah and just kind of doing things almost not really thinking everything through which is kind of dad would figure out a way as he did things um yeah but um, yeah, um, there are a few stories that Uncle Bill was telling when he was out for Papa's funeral. It's like Dad's older brother didn't even know the stories. So anyway, yeah, I heard that was what was Steve mentioned. So was that the one that a window got broken? The windshield of the of the, the of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And yeah, then Nani. Sorry, go ahead. I think he had tossed a plant into a guy's. I was driving next to him and they turned into the cornfield and the guy <laughs> I don't know what happened but there's a gunshot <laughs> those idiots so wow. yeah Nani mentioned that Papa and Bill and Jim went to court one time and she couldn't remember what for but she said that like you said grandma knew a lot of things and just kind of hit them up she said cut the clipping out of the newspapers in the newspaper that they went to court that grandpa wouldn't see it but she couldn't remember what they went to court for yeah do you remember do you ever remember hearing that story or what it might probably something to do with cars and speed yeah i wouldn't be surprised um but the um i think um but then at the same time i just got a clipping from Dwayne o'connell um and it was the story of the um it was in the middle of winter so the cathedral in Sioux Falls is built on a big hill in Fifth Street. I think it's Fifth Avenue, Fifth Street. Mom used to talk about Fifth Street Hill. That all the kids would in the winter you just sled down it and just had kids watching for crossing traffic. Yeah. You know, just 
huge hill. But sometimes the cars couldn't make it up. And it sounds like the it was in a paper, actually, that um, this one lady was trying to figure out who she just kind of wrote an, to the editor. It's like, I'd like to thank all the high school boys that helped me push me up the hill just at 5th Street by St. Joseph Cathedral. And then their basketball coach read back in the, in the newspaper, I guess, and said, those were my basketball players, and they, he named them. And so, and Dad was one of those guys. So it's oh, wow. so you had this little mischievous side, but never really, you know, intending to do harm to anybody. Yeah. So it's just kind of a, a little bit of there's a mischievous side that, yeah, I know that side. And then you actually, but you don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. And that came through even more as Dad in his, in his life that he you know as far as taking care of people looking out for others and doing yeah. something others. and so then he ended up going to Creighton right? yep yep Jayhawks um, was there with Paul Silas one of the most talented rebounders in the NBA yeah so did he get to did Pop ever tell stories of watching his games yeah I think they called uh, what did he call Paul Silas called him uh, we call him TP. The, uh, the, there was a nickname they had for him at, at Creighton. Oh, okay. So his dad was class of 64, I think. Yeah. Uh, 42. He's born in 42, so he's 22. Yeah. 64. So he went there in 60. And now he's two years behind me. Oh, wow. But those, I, I know he had, you know, he used to cut guys' hair for side money, you know, and do things like that. Yeah. Yeah odd jobs around um but he got his mathematics degree there i think that's what it was i think okay. steve probably knows that's what mommy said it was man oh, okay. yeah and he did well in that but he also got a minor in philosophy oh really yeah it was i good, hadn't heard that if it were if it wasn't a, a minor it was really close okay. he had a lot of credits plus and back then this is the jesuit university uh the jesuit university for nebraska and they well hold on probably I'm not sure there's one in South Dakota. I'm not sure if there's one in North Dakota. So anyway, that um, that day and age, you had to take, I don't know how many theology credits. It's basically the Christendom curriculum. Okay. Very close to that. I'm not sure you had to take as much literature, but um, theology and the philosophy. And I think Dad was said, or someone else has told me before, that philosophy and mathematics kind of are similar. And the right. principles and everything, applying things. Mm -hmm. So... Um, yeah, so those four years. It's like he used to get back to Sioux Falls a decent amount. Um, and I don't know what he was doing in the summers for work. You know, what he was doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. And then it sounded like he and I didn't start dating, or at least exclusively it sounded like, till his senior year, end of senior year. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, that's probably right. That's probably right. So that would be 60? Then you married to four years later. Um, but a lot of it was distant because yeah. he was at Creighton. Three hours of, well. Oh, so that was senior year of high school. I thought it was senior year of college. Was it senior year of high school and then through I thought, college? I thought that you'd have to ask Nani because, get clarification because that seems, because they got married in December of 64. Okay. Um, December 26th. You know how long they were engaged? Because I think she said they were engaged in August after his senior year of college. Okay. 
She made it sound like they started dating seriously June after his senior in college or engaged August, a few months later. Well, that's possible. I didn't get the wow. date of the wedding or I forget it. They definitely knew each other through mom's older brother, Bill, and just palling around. So dad, he was, and that could be right. And they just, they just knew each other throughout those years. And then they just started dating and they, they knew and off they went. Yeah. That could be, that'd be interesting if it were actually in 64. Yeah. Well, Nani, Nani did say freshman year of high school that she said, I guess you could call it dating. Wow. Okay. She said that there was a break there for a few years. And, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was, their wedding was when? December 26, 1964. And Papa graduated in 1964, right? Yeah. So just a few And Nani had just gotten finished with nurses training um, with the nuns for two years. Uh, so were there was there no rule back then about the six months of being there engaged? There wasn't. When did that come that, to? As long as I've been a priest, it's been six months. Um, but in some, when I was, so the early 90s, probably around... 90 or so became more prevalent um, with just the divorce rates and realizing that we got, we yeah. can't rely on culture anymore. So mm-hmm. um, 70s, I still remember hearing of people that did not have to do the six months. And 80s, you're starting to see more of it. And then by the 90s, it's almost standard. Oh, gotcha. Um, throughout the U.S. You can make some exceptions. And even now, for serious reasons, but... The last 20 years, I would say, forget it. Yeah. It's almost across the board in the U.S. In yeah. the U.S. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then what was the early years of their married life? I guess, I don't, I don't know what year you were born, but what was the I was born in 66 in March. So that's 14 months after they got married. Eh, a little bit more than that, I guess. Um, but they, um, they moved to Omaha. Of course, the, I think the car ran out of gas as they were driving from their wedding. So the gas tank broke. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Dad had to somehow fix that. And then he worked driving a truck or something, right, for a little bit in Omaha. Yeah. And he, that wasn't, you know, what he wanted to do. Um, and, and this is words, news to us a few years ago at the beach when Nani said that he just came home one day and said he joined the Navy. He's going to fly. And she said, well, I trusted him. And nobody, we never talked about it though. And off he went, you know. And then she followed later down to Pensacola. Um, so it was Omaha to Pensacola. Yeah. They went. Yeah. So they were only living, I mean, 64. <laughs> so 65, Dad had that summer, I think by the end of that summer, he had joined, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then some, yeah. And then the next. So that was 65. And so Nani's dad died that August, August 15th of 65. And then I was born in 66 of March. And then, no, 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 he died. He, he died the following August. So just, okay. yeah, let's, let's make, put that aside. He died in 66. And so I was born in Meridian, Mississippi. So that's after dad had done his initial pilot training in Pensacola, Florida. So he He'd done, I don't know how much time in Pensacola. Um, and then, he couldn't have been in Pensacola that long. But, 
I only, I know mom could tell me, but I was only in Meridian for about six weeks. And then we moved to Kingsville, Texas, which is another Navy, Naval Air Station. I think it's, it might still be open down by Corpus Christi. And there for a little bit, back to, it was Pensacola for a bit, and then to Jacksonville. And Jacksonville, Uncle Steve was born there in October of 67. Um, yeah. And then um, Dad was in the squadron there, the 86, and the Sidewanders. And then he went, was it 68? Mom said, yeah. Um, was it late 67 in the 68 or late 68 in the 69 for his cruise over to Vietnam? It was a nine-month cruise that he was mm -hmm. on. So he left in November, Mom said, I think. Or he left, it's either he left in November or he got back in November. Um, which he leaves, yeah, I thought he was gone 68 to 69, most of 69, but I could be wrong. Okay. So we can, we can find that out, actually. So all told, he was in Vietnam for nine months? He was away for nine months. Okay. Yeah, it took him a while to get over there. Oh, true. And uh, he made it back. He was the last one. He had to bring, since he was junior, he was the second youngest on the, in that squadron. And mom said that since the guy, the youngest guy, his wife had just had a baby. So they let him fly back with the rest of the guys. Um, you know, hopping hop like Guam, Wake. I'm not sure if they did Midway, but Hawaii and then back. Yeah. Um, and... Dad ended up needing, he had to ride the boat back because he needed, I think he had his granny officer and himself and just be there just as the squadron guys representing the squadron with the airplanes on the boat and the ship. That was the American. So, yeah. So he got back in November of 68 or 69, you said? Or yeah. was it not? Because so my dad was Keep born talking. in March 1970. That's right. right. That's right. So I think this guy Again, the Pierce did this for me without me knowing. Oh, cool. He found it all on the internet, which I thought. But I think mom mom has told us before um, what it when it was um, that he went um, um, so I'm not sure if it gives the dates but anyway, we could probably find it yeah. on the internet. Yeah. I guess I was just thinking if got back November of 69 and my dad was born in March of 70, that would only be like a five month. Nope, you're right. So then dad got back. Months. He got back in November then of 68. Yep. And he was gone. So mom, I guess, yeah, mom, he left in February. That's what it was. He was gone all okay. the 68th. Then. Oh, okay. So Steve, Uncle Steve was born in October 67. And then, and then Nani's mother and youngest sister used to come down with someone to help her. And so uh, I'm not sure if she went back up there for a little bit or not. They went to an all-black parish in Reading, Mississippi. I remember that. Oh, really? Yeah, that's when mom saw the first KKK uh, demonstration. Oh, wow. Yeah. She saw she saw it, yeah. She'd never heard of it, and well, dad was out flying, and uh, yeah. Um, but the little black parish, they all they were the only ones there. It's like, well, we're gonna go to mass, and 
and they were all very nice to women, but everything yeah. was segregated. They'd never. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess growing up over there in South Dakota, you had Indian reservations all, yeah. all around up there, the Sioux and different ones. But um, so there was some segregation, but the schools would still compete and stuff. They, but this was different. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> wow. So I think you're right. Six sixty-eight makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Because when Dad got back, he got hired with United. He was yeah he was hired with United in in the sixties. So because um, your dad was born in Long Island, New York, and Dad had already done his training. He was he was yeah. flying for him. Yeah. So what did he? What type of airplanes did he fly again in the Navy? Uh, he flew the A seven in Vietnam. Okay. And then, which is basically that plane on the clock. Oh, gotcha. Plugged to his gaming one. Oh, time. And um, those side warners. And then, so single sit, seat attack, like a dive bomber. Um, and then flew the A4. But they were, that was when we were in, I think, Georgia, when he was in the reserves there. They flew that airplane too. Okay. So those are the two that he flew for the military. Hmm. And then he flew... Flew the DC-8 for United at the beginning. Then for Eastern, I'm not sure if he flew another plane or not, uh, besides the 727. He flew that most of the time. And then he um, he flew the 737 with United when they called him back again. Um, okay. Yeah. Because with United, they'd furloughed him, laid him off. Went with Eastern. We moved from California to um, Georgia for that. That was about what year? 73. Okay. I think it was 73. Yeah. Because Uncle Bob was born in 72. I think he was born in 72. He is... Yeah, put him six years behind me. He was born in the fall. Yeah, about six and a half years. I think that's about right. 73 is when I started, I think. School. I had first grade in Lemoore, California with the nuns and um, MIQ, which is where Father Halfway went. And then we hmm. moved, I think, after that. Okay. And then when you went to Georgia, is that where you had the most memories of your childhood before moving to Virginia? Yeah, all I've got from California is a couple of things. And Dad had a Honda 360. Um, we laid that down uh, just on the slowly on a dress remember i got my leg burned but i think dad had to get rid of it soon after that um he'd ride that to the to the naval station um and then yeah that's when um i remember he stole a pack of uh, gum from the little store and dad caught it and so we went back and i had to give it back to him all right i still remember the door of that little store yeah oh yeah is that much of an impression that because i had to give it back to the guy oh yeah and um and uh, that was yep. Um, and then um, just um, what else did we do? Just playing with friends. But then with mom and dad, that's when we started staying the family virtual in California. Yeah, when I was about six or seven. Yeah, uh, that was because mom and dad met a uh, a woman who's very devout and very much devoted to Fatima. Oh wow, Rita Rogers was her name. Um, I can't quite place her, but that's where we started doing family rosary every night. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And that sounds like the family rosary was going to 
We're going to get this done before you do anything else. Right after dinner. It was lock, lock on. Awesome. You didn't do anything else. Yeah. I'm not sure if you even cleaned the... We had to clean the table, I think. I'm not sure about washing the dishes. At a certain point, we just kind of balance that out if you got a lot of stuff to do. But, um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, in Georgia, was it St. Joseph's you all went to school? Were you homeschooled? What was... What was life like in Georgia? None of um, Uncle Steve and I never were homeschooled. We went to St. Joe's Catholic School. I went to MIQ for first grade. Steve went to the public school for kindergarten. He took your dad once with him to school. Mom didn't know where they were. <laughs> he just Dan went along with him. Um, and I don't know, three or four. Um, but the, um, yeah, in Marietta, went to St. Joe's. I was there from second grade to eighth grade. Then I went to one year of high school down there, Marist High School, run by the Marist Fathers. Mm. And then we moved up here in 81. Did, isn't there a picture of Papa coaching some team for St. Joe's? Yeah, he coached us, uh, Steve and I. And I'm not sure if Dan ever got in on your dad or any of those teams then. I don't think so. He's coaching. He may have been coaching now. But yeah, he did coach us, uh, especially Steve. Uh, um, and I'm not sure about your dad or Bob, Uncle Bob. Yeah. Um, he he could he would do it as much as he could. He had he was still drilling. He was still reservist at the Navy. Oh, so gotcha. one weekend out of month, at a certain point, he said, "I can't do that. I gotta get out of the Navy." Yeah. So I got him on the weekends for the kids. So because um, Saturday was work day, he did. You know, you did the clean the house and then you did outside. Yeah. And you could play after that. What was the house and yard like in Georgia? Two houses. So we moved to Powder Springs. Bayberry Court was the first one. That was a split level. So I'm trying to think of one that would be, um, there's, I think it was a three bedroom. Uh, you walk into the, the foyer and then just go a little ways and you had a um, little stairs down to just a little area, common area downstairs. You had a little down the room, kitchen to your immediate right, and then go up some more stairs, um, and you had the three bedrooms. Um, and that was kind of small, but that's where Dad put in a, a pool in the back uh, for us, and we could run all over the place. There were, there were trails out behind through the through the woods uh, for our, our bikes, so we were constantly out. Oh, nice. And, uh, I don't know how many times. I mean, I wrecked and we made jumps and we wreck. Um, but uh, I still remember clipping those bushes. I remember those. Yeah. And it was on a hill because we had to do a push mower, use a push mower. But yeah, that was Bayberry Court. And, you know, and then the next house was at St. Mary's Lane, which we could walk to St. Joe's from there. So we were in Marietta at that point. We okay. used to have to drive about 25 minutes uh, to school and church from where we were. Oh, okay. With the old. Had a VW bus for a while, um, a brown VW bus. Um, that changed over 1980 or 79. Dad got the brown van. Um, he was flying for United, but um, but um, and when he was furloughed, he was doing master's degree actuarial science stuff, mathematics stuff. Uh, like a lot of those guys are tax tax guys, but um, he was doing that on the side. Um, who did he, what 
college or what program did he do that? That was with? Georgia State. <clears throat> Georgia State. Yeah. So that's okay. That was right in town. Okay. Georgia State's the team that hit the buzzer beater against Baylor and the coach fell over, right? Yeah. yeah. His son hit the buzzer beater. That's okay. Right. That's right. And they that's I'm not sure they even had a basketball team then. Their okay. sports program wasn't Georgia State was not known. It was known more as the you went there to study. Really? Yeah. Although I think the peaks went there for swimming. Uh, so that could have been. Um, but anyway, um, they wow. went to Georgia Tech and they went to University of Georgia. Georgia State was where in Georgia? Or how far from Marietta? It was right smack in Atlanta. Okay. And um, it, was, it was a good, well, back then, back then you could make it in 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Now it would be easily triple that. Um, all the building. But um, yeah, so Marietta was a, definitely a different. A, a suburb, a little, its own little town, so to speak, you know, town center, and we would. So we lived in Powder Springs. We would, you know, summers we'd, you know, ride our bikes everywhere, and and then we started doing at St. Mary's Lane. That's when we started doing, you know, little odd jobs like mowing and stuff. And Dad would help us, and kind of we started our own little kind of mowing business, trying to get yards and stuff. Um, so we did that. Um, in the summers when we were at St. Mary's Lane. But St. Mary's Lane, we weren't there too long because we moved to St. Mary's Lane. I'm not sure if it's only my eighth grade year. I think it's my, only my eighth grade year, so maybe 79. And then 80, and that fall, I went to Maris, which was about a good 40-minute drive. Um, and we carpooled with a couple other kids from the parish, three other kids, actually. Um, and... Uh, and we had this old little Datsun, so precursor to Toyota, um, and uh, only a four-speed. But Dad would, I mean, he'd take me uh, with the other three kids um, in the morning or in the afternoon. And, um, yeah, and I did football there and, and stuff. But um, but Dad was, he'd be the one driving. I don't think Mom ever did that drive. Yeah. And that was the summer, what summer is he? Well, Chris was born in 1980. That's the summer that mom was on bed rest. So dad was doing the cooking. Um, and then every morning, the priest, I remember this every morning. I may say it differently, but almost every morning, the pastor would bring Holy Queen to mom. So I would, yeah. I'd be the one open up the door like seven in the morning and he'd come in. Mm-hmm. Like dad had to work and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's where we, that was a much, that was a much yard, larger yard um, on a busy road. On, uh, I mean, I never forget a guy in the middle of the night. You could hear this guy screaming, and he had laid down. He'd wrecked his motorcycle. I, I don't know, two or three in the morning, and um, and Dad had woken me up and said, "Here," um, and uh, we went out there. I'm not Steve, sure if Steve made it, but Steve may have come out too. And um, so Dad told me, he said, "And I was only about 14." He said, "Go get the van and drive down here." And that was just the more of the farming practical things, like yeah. Yeah, you're underage, but just you need to do this. Go get the van and get yeah. it out. Um, and that was where dad was always a good balance. Like, you know, it's like, okay, what's makes sense here? And um, what's the best thing to do? Um, you know, and I think he, I think he put the guy in the, maybe the, maybe the cops were there in the ambulance by the time they got there with the, with the van, but I can't remember what we did with that guy. Um, but, um, but we're only there though. At seventy nine, eighty one, we moved up here. Gotcha. You know, um, so you only lived in two places in Georgia. 
Yeah. And that house, ask Nani, but I'm pretty sure that Dad, we didn't make a lot of money off that house. He basically gave it away to the family. Yeah. He was a good Catholic family, a young builder who was just getting on his feet. Good guy. And that, remember the first house? I think it cost $37,000. That's what the first one did. I don't know what the one at St. Mary's. But if I'm not mistaken, that's... And then that guy pretty much doubled the house over time. They had a large family, and he built it and really changed. But it's a beautiful, it's a nice old house and a little bit more room than what we had. Yeah. So if you by any chance remember the name of that family? Fenley. Fenley. The Fenleys. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's F-E-N-N-E-L-L-Y or if there's an A in there after the ends. Um Mr. Fennelly, probably, he was younger than Dad by about, well, we left there in 90, in, in 81, Dad was born 42, so he's 39, so this Mr. Fennelly, he may have been close to 30. Okay. Yeah, he's maybe even in his 20s, but they had a few kids already at that point, but I think they ended up with uh, a number of other ones. Um yeah, he really added on. He built a huge uh, garage, and we did. And so, but uh, we we're always playing. That's where we had a carport, and we were playing. I remember sweating. We were playing ping pong so much in that carport, um, like in the summers and stuff. Or we we got the driveway and we're playing hockey or basketball. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. So how many years total was it in Georgia? I I say eight. Okay. I was second grade through ninth grade. Okay. So I was basically seven years old through, no, sh I turned 15 down there. As a freshman, I was 15 by the time I graduated oh, gotcha. for a, at the end of that year. So eight years, yeah. yeah. So could you talk about the um, decision to move up to Seton, the thought process behind it, the different factors that were weighed and the actual move itself? So... Probably the, the Marist fathers that had the most impact on me were all had been former missionaries down in the Fiji Islands and stuff like that. These guys are older, but they're solid. Um, Father Moore was the pastor. Father Kellerman, Father Emmerich, and Father Cummings were the three parochial vicars. Father Cummings could say a mass in 20 minutes, 18 minutes, I think we timed it. Um, but, um, and Mom and Dad were starting to go, like, first Saturdays, first Fridays, and that's when we started. Not always did, but we, and then I think every Saturday, Mom and Dad would go to Mass, and but we wouldn't always have to, but at a certain point, you know, you buy first Saturdays, you need to do that, and then we were doing basketball and all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, so those those priests were solid, and Mom and Dad were teaching natural faith planning down there at that time, and there was a young priest who came in, I'm not sure if it was, when I was an eighth grader, something I still remember. It's the only time Dad ever went to question a, a priest that I know of. That he, I still remember him because where we were sitting in the church on the right side, and I still remember going through the the sacristy door on the left side of the of the, of the altar um, to go in and ask. And I remember I can't remember if Mom told us then or Dad did, but later it's because the priest had said something about contraception being okay for the poor. And right away, Dad was like, 
know. And that's the kind of way dad was. If if it something needed to be done, he just okay. And then it's kind of like the Dutch the farm mentality. It's like okay, you just gotta do it. Yeah. So he just off he went. Um, I don't know what that mean that we weren't around, yeah. even though we served a lot. We weren't serving that day. So the, it started to change with the priest. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and there's another another young guy. I remember when I was seventh or eighth grade, I was getting ready for confirmation. And uh, just you could see the 70s having their impact. Um, and what were, you know, the priests, the younger guys focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was different from the older ones that we knew. Yeah. Uh, and Father Kellerman was when he and when Steve and I would serve daily mass, remember serve mass and all, he'd, he'd say a prayer. We'd always say a prayer before mass uh, there in the sacristy. Then we'd go out, but he'd he'd ask us, "So, what are you going to be?" And he's he's got his. He, I'm not sure if he played football or something when he was younger, but he was an older guy, fifties or sixties when we know him. But he'd get his fingers right in here, his thumb, or right behind us, right behind him, and he just start squeezing. <laughs> and like you're dying and he's just pinching he says he goes here you're going to be a, a welder you're going to be a carpenter you're going to be a, a lawyer a doctor or whatever and he gets to priest at the end because you know priest is going to be the last one you have to squeeze as hard as you could <laughs> just that was his way of encouraging vocation <laughs> um that's father Kellerman was great um and the school uh, St. Joe's, the, the grade school we had gone into, they started sex ed when I was in fourth grade. So mom and dad, I think I was in that class for a little bit, and they pulled me fifth grade. I was out of that class. Yeah. And I think Uncle Steve got to walk home at the end of the day because the last he got off early because the last class was one of these stupid things. Uh-huh. By the time I was a senior, situation ethics were coming in. So they're asking some of the parents. I didn't know they'd asked mom to do this, and she said no. But... Um, where you basically, there's nothing really objective. They give you different scenarios and say, so what would you do here? And But then they wouldn't give us direction. It's like, well, oh, you missed right. this or missed that. And this is the absolute truth you have to apply, which would have been awesome for eighth graders, but they didn't do that. So they just basically left it up to you. Your conscience is your guide. Like, great. Um, so the sisters, and of course the sisters had all been out of habit since we got there in 73 and one more wow. to bail. So that was really quick that they tossed everything. Um, by the time I got to Marist, it was expensive. Yes, the Marist fathers were running it. Had a Catholic name, but a lot of Protestants were there. And it was a, it was a college prep and big, big sports place. Yeah. Um, so. Um, yeah, it had good people there. We knew some good families that were there. Um, but I'm just not, I can't recall just the faith being just really, my freshman year, there's nothing really stood out about the faith being taught to us the yeah. way I remember that season. Um, and Uncle Steve was, he didn't get into that school, and he could have gone to Pius Tenth or Pius V, which was on, it was called Pius, but it was on the other side of town where the, the Peak family lived that we knew. Mm. I'm not sure if mom and dad talked to the Peaks, but the Peaks had pulled their kids out of Pius because it was so crazy. Really? Uh, what they were being taught. And they were going to send their kids to public school. So um, when that happened, that's when Nani and Papa started looking. So I think when the catalyst was, okay, they you had the parish, cha- all the, the priests that we had known had were gone. And, and 
the younger crowd and having these struggles. Um, and even though we knew some good families, I think mom and dad were on a spiritual journey that was going to go beyond these other families. Yeah. And I think I, I may have been the only one. I still remember second grade getting a, or third grade, a priest coming to visit and talking to our class. And he saw my scapula. Does anybody else know what this is? And no, he gave me a picture of Blessed Mother as a result of it, mainly because yeah. I was the only kid. Um, yeah. So those types of things, um, the daily rosary, unfortunately, some of the kids' families may have done it once in a while. Yeah. Um, but, um, and maybe mom and dad saw that our friends and which way they were headed. Uh -huh. Okay. Different parties and stuff they were getting involved in. And mom and dad said, so you had a combination of the schools, the parish, um, and then I think what was going on, just families around us. And I think mom and dad started looking around and reading the Wanderer and seeing Seton. Uh, and they came up and visited the school in the summer. Um, it was a pretty quick turnaround. I think it was, um, yeah, I think it was in the summer when they came, they came up and, um, then they made the decision and we were gone in August. I mean, basically no one really knew that we left. There were only a couple families that close, some of our close families that knew that we were, but they didn't find out till literally that was the last time that we were at mass and, you know, we all went out for brunch, but like. We were headed out. Yeah. And mom and dad, they weren't going to make a spectacle. That's, that's not the way they are. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, yeah, that was what I remember. Uncle Steve may remember some, a few other things. Um, and Nani, that'll be interesting to see her first perspective. Yeah. So, yeah, she and dad, and dad, since he could, he was flying for Eastern at the time. So he'd been with United. We almost moved to Cleveland because, you know, he was commuting to Cleveland to fly from there. And then Eastern called him back. So if he would have stayed with United, who knows what would happen. Yeah. If we would have ever ended up here. Mm -hmm. And our locations, marriages, and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fine for Eastern. And they could move the, his domicile up here. And so, so that's what he did. Wow. So then at Seton, did Papa just start getting involved with... Um, life there right away did you all start on all saints yeah because um, at st joe's we had been very involved in like a lot of times we would just help out with things clean up and stuff that's what we all we always are good at so um and the priest we knew the priest and they all knew us um i remember i had my first holy communion on my birthday at a morning mass um so the priest mom and dad knew them and i'm not sure we ever had them over to dinner we, we didn't the marriage fathers really didn't do that but I can remember sitting across the table, the pastor, when they had he interviewed me for First Holy Communion, though. Um, he was sitting across the... Um, but Mom and Dad knew them, and they could interact with them and, you know, ask them to do that, you know, for First Holy Communion. Um, but also, Papa, the Stoltz family was um, good people. Um, just two kids, two sons, and they were really solid. Um they were at mass a lot. This guy was an art, was a mechanic, and he had his own place. So dad, they talked a lot, and got to know each other better. He coached us in football in grade school, um, and Mr. Stoltz still calls me once in a while. I'll stop in when he's visiting really? through, um, but he, he and his boys used to take care of this older couple, um, and then when his boys got to high school, and they started doing football and all these different things, he said to dad, I said, hey. This is what, so we started mowing his lawn and doing different odd jobs for this guy. 
and uh, Uncle Steve. I'm not sure if, if your dad ever came. You have to ask about it. Uh, we just cross town, but we'd take the mower over there and take care of their stuff. And that was a good, I mean, just, we just did it. Yeah. That was in Georgia. Yeah. yeah. So then once we got up here, of course, Seton was so small at the time. And I can remember going with the van with Pete Sheets and Pete Westhoff over to Maryland to get a bunch of desks and stuff like that or taking up various vans over there. And so it was so small that the larger families, you know, just would just help out. So, yeah, yeah mom and dad got involved pretty quickly. Um, I don't think dad, I'm not sure if he coached the first year. Next year he did. How long Mr. has Seton been? 77 to 76? I can't remember if Mrs. Carroll, Chris, I'm 77, right? I think it's 77. Yeah, I don't know. They just celebrated. 77 does sound right for Chris. That, I feel like I've seen that. They come on up their, on our 45th this year? On their banner. They've come up on our 45th. Um, but Seton was, Seton was a little bit before. I think Mrs. Carroll got going in 75 or 76. Okay. Is it 26 students or 17 students? Christmas story, those two numbers. Um, those, uh, well, both schools have those numbers, I think, starting. Uh, but, um, yeah, we just jumped right in. I was a sophomore. Uncle Steve was a freshman. Your dad, I think, what? They may have put him in school for a year. I heard he went to All Saints for a year. Yeah, fifth grade. And then, I'm not sure if Seaton was sixth grade then. I thought your dad had one year of homeschooling, no? I'll have to ask him. Because Uncle sure. Bob did. He, okay. he did. He, I think Mom and Dad just said, but Bob was going to do it. So they were doing homeschooling. This is early 80s. Is that the first time they tried homeschooling? Yep. Yeah, it was just something completely different. Yeah. Um, I don't know who they heard it from. There were some other Seton families, I think, at the time. been doing something like the Boozers. Gotcha. Like um, Mrs. Uh, like, um, What's the family with 15 kids? Hartung's. So Mrs. Hartung's family, I think they were homeschooled. So were the Fagans, Brother Peter's family. Oh, okay. In the 70s. So those families were there already. And uh, the Boozers had moved down from Jersey. And, yeah. Uh, so that's where. But very involved pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, just helping out if anything needed to be. I mean, Dad built one of those. He built a, a movable basketball hoop called a Masada, and it was up in the upstairs. Um, it's always something they could just figure out. Yeah. Um, where he could help out and do some things. What um, were some of the memories that um, stand out the most in, in high school when you were in high school? Yeah. Um, involving Papa. Um. Well, let's see here. Well, the prayer life, first of all, daily rosary, started going the holy hour with Father Vazano pretty quickly. Well, no. We met him at the graduation uh, for Seton uh, at the end of my, end of the first year that we were there. So, okay. 82. We were going out to Woodstock for once. We started getting involved in these Mary Moon of Priest Cenacles, even down in Georgia, going out to Conyers to the monastery once a month on a Sunday. And we did that for a little bit going out to Woodstock. There's a good Italian Franciscan priest that was out there, uh, Father Cavallo. Um, but um, so that would normally be 
you know, talk, pray the rosary, some adoration, stuff like that. Um, but then once Father Bazaar came and did the, you know, did the graduation, and Steve and I served, um, mom and dad made a decision to go to St. Michael's in Annandale every Wednesday night for the Hoya, and that was that was pretty big. Um, and so we'd always that was a given. We'd go. Um, no sports on Wednesdays because Virginia back then, um, pretty much like catering to the uh, the Protestants having services on Wednesdays. So nothing happened in sports. Oh, so there were no sports to begin with on no, Wednesdays. No. Yeah. Same probably would have been the case down in Georgia. Um, so we did that the spiritual life um, and going to Mass was seated on Mondays at uh, All Saints. And so that was a new thing every week. And confession regularly we'd go to all saints um, and we had again older priests that were good priests uh, Father Flanagan, Father Finn, Father Flood, Father Vito um, they were stigmatine fathers so good guys uh, from the northeast um, and uh, but not quite the impassioned preacher that Father Fasano was so yeah. we'd go there on Sundays on week on Wednesday nights with like 500 people or whatever Wow, the Gogols and the Spicer, Mrs. Spicer, they all be there. Um, so that was as far as the faith is concerned. Um, and and then just as far as life, um, that's when I started working just at one of the fast food places in Summers by the Pond. So first two years we were over in Haymarket, um, Route Two Thirty Four. And I'm trying to remember stuff there, uh, just around. I know once we were late for our curfew, I think curfew was 11 o'clock when I could drive. So we got in, Uncle Steve and I got in about 20 minutes late and Mr. Westhoff was over there. Um, and I'm sure, I'm not sure if Mr. Sheets was there or not. Um, but that, I mean, Later, I was like, I, didn't, I wasn't driving for a while after that. So I didn't say anything that night, but later. And then when I wrecked a car, I think it was over there in the dots, and I plowed into my friend Greg Smythe's big, huge Buick at his farm over there in Haymarket. Um, and, you know, that was, you know, I had helped Dad, you know, kind of fix it. He banged it out and stuff. But yeah, then I think, yeah, we couldn't go out that night. But that was really a bit, not that big a deal. It was all said and done. Um, so practical and just, you know, justice, but not heavy handed. Yeah. You know, it was a balance. Um, and, uh, dad was good that way. I could always talk to him about things. That's what I remember. I could, and we had a great relationship, um, in those high school years. Um, I can remember the first year playing basketball with Mr. Westhoff coach, he's running a suicide. And at one point I just, at, and he said, okay, on the line. And I just kind of said, oh, not again. And dad pulled me out and said, don't you ever say that to your coach again. <laughs> so things like that is like respect. Um, so, yeah. Um, uh, let's see here. That's when, I mean, Pat was born when I was a junior. That was, we were coming back from basketball games at Calvary Temple, actually. That day was Saturday, I think. Um, but other than that, I mean, family life, um, 
mean, a lot of it was sports related. Yeah. You know, we're going doing things together. And <laughs> mom would be home with the little guys and uh, would always, you know, eat together and and rosary. Always. And then we started getting more, I think daily mass became um, more regular uh, currents. Um, yeah, on Saturday mornings and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then dad was, he was getting to the point where he could actually, at a certain point he just started doing the shuttle. So he could actually be home every afternoon that way. He'd have to get up pretty early, but then. I heard like 4.30 and that he'd be back by around 3 to. Yeah, he'd be back to the school. Coaching. Yep. So did he coach basketball and soccer? Yep. He basically taught himself soccer. Um, just the, the, the principles, right? Yeah. Of the game. And, um, and, um. And then driving us everywhere in the brown van and driving the teams everywhere. And yeah, I don't know how many people we'd have in that van, but yeah, definitely what would come to standard didn't measure up to things <laughs> nowadays. Yeah. Um, but or driving with the cover off, I'm sure we've been told that already. But trying to fix it while we stop at a stoplight or something, get it. Oh, really? Yeah, just take the cover off the engine. We were working on it, but some of the guys who were in the, who were on the teams remember that. You know, you talk to some of the Hillary brothers or. They were, they were keen on their jokes, their stories about that. But and Uncle Pat might remember it too, and Chris, but always those times better than I. Wow. Um, but um, yeah. So. And then, so going to college was Christendom really the only option? Now you Papa gave you, or did you have, or you ended up going to another college? Yeah, went to Gannon, right? Erie, Pennsylvania. Tried to play soccer there. Get on the team. I made the team, but it was probably the last guy's probably a nice act of generosity by the coach. But I mean, we had all Americans on our team. Good night. We're Division Two, so um, it was. Yeah, I went away and realized that it wasn't what it's all meant. You know, it's forty five hundred kids, def- separate dorms, guys' dorm, gals' dorm. But you had frats, fraternity party, and and my soccer team had a house. They had a house for the guys around full scholarship, and. Um, Thankfully, I didn't live there. Um, but going to the parties there was just insane. Yeah. Um, so I just started having to make decisions for myself. It was like, you know, this is just kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, so, and, um, but then that's when I started going to Daily Mass up there. And what mom and dad had said, okay, we checked into some colleges. And the Kipleys were a family that we knew. They found a couple, a couple of the natural family planning uh, organization out of Cincinnati. And mom and dad had already kind of, always kind of kept in touch with them, and we went to every two years or every two years or so we'd go on a summer conference at a, a couple of couple league conference they'd have around the country. It could have been Omaha was one, Minneapolis, St. Paul was another, Louisville, uh, well Covington, just just across from Cincinnati, um, a couple of different places we went and. Um, with all these different speakers, really good speakers, actually, um, really strong in the faith. That's, I think, why mom and dad gravitated there, too. But the Kipleys had five daughters, four daughters, and a son. And they had said, they had sent their oldest to Gannon and had told mom and dad they thought it was a pretty good Catholic school, which it had Catholic, a Catholic you could see what it was in its heyday. It must have been awesome. It was named for a bishop. But when I got there, I didn't get that impression. I went to one mass. The priest asked everybody up for around the around the altar, 
when I stayed in my pew and that was the last mass I went. But then I went to the cathedral every day down the street. Okay. Which was, I could just walk to it. But dad and I, yeah. Um, and I'd fly back. That's when I could, you know, because dad was flying for Eastern, I could fly for free. And so dad gave me a lot of, and your uncle Steve, a lot of leeway there to go travel. So that's what we did. A lot of responsibility that way too. As far as, okay, here's a book of passes. You're going, you got to go to, I don't know, uh, you could say Atlanta, you could say Nebraska, you could say, I don't know if we went to the West Coast or not on our own. Places just need to get back here. So you just got to check the flight loads and just make sure and if there's any problem, call me. And I don't know how many times where dad had to, I mean, like I said, I put the car over at Dulles, but I parked it in the business park and they towed it. So I got back at, at midnight from the, where it was and I had to call dad. It's like, car's gone. I think they towed it. And then then find out yeah and he said he'd be on his way to work to national airport so he'd come by and you know gave me the money or whatever and i had to pay it i'm sure hopefully i paid him back but and then off he went to work and then i had to get the car so things like that he would help me and off he went and um that's what and i'm not sure if that was college or that was seminary or if that was high school um, but um yeah so as far as you know, those years, there's there are a lot of instant, instances like that, I think. Um, I'm not sure if they ever run a car out of gas and he'd come and help me. But but he normally, it, it was like done. You know, yeah. Not like a big, you know, you did that again. And you know, I don't think Dad ever like this far as whenever he'd get upset, which, you know, I do crazy things. But I don't think he ever would say, respond by, you know, you're stupid, you're an idiot. He, not, none, of, none of that. It would just be like... You know, didn't mean it. He would get after me, but it was never where you, you know, his there's a good balance there. Yeah. You know, so, um, so back to your question, then, what was the the well with because I was talking to Uncle Pat. He said that for college decisions, basically mm. between Franciscan and Chris, and he was allowed to was that changed after Steve. Gotcha. Okay. Steve went for a week to Mary Washington. Yeah. And his roommate was on the road to alcoholism. So, and Steve's like, I'm out of here. So, and that's when we figured out a way to where he could room with Guy Smith and, and me back at Christmas. Oh, cool. So, we set that up. Um, but yeah, after, so we, I had, I didn't look at too many other colleges. I, I mean, I got stuff from public colleges, but I really didn't have a sense. I mean, I was thinking military, but um, oh, you were still trying to do sports if I could. Um, and then you get there and you see, okay, these guys are, I mean, these guys are great athletes. And when I was at Gannon, I realized that, okay, I, I doubt I'm going to play soccer the next year. Um, coach was nice to me and stuff, but, um, and it's a different culture. You know, the guys, I'm not sure how many of them, you know, were going to mass. I mean, I guess some of them were baptized Catholics, but I could have been better. I think in evangelizing them. Okay. Um, but the, um. But I came back. I made that decision. I talked with Bob Sano on the phone. I talked with Mom and Dad. So I made the decision. Came back and enrolled at enrolled at Christendom. So I was ready to go in January when I transferred over. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, Dad never. It's like that's fine. And um, and even when I was on my way to the Navy, um, going through the recruiter at Christendom, um, Dad was all. He, Dad was great, but. Then when I changed course after I graduated, like in June, when I got back from the 
with Mr. Brown and his brother and Dr. Cutterback's older brother, Matthew, and John, uh, Johnny. Um, do you know anybody named, uh, last name of, um, Hoffbauer? Yeah. Uh, Jack Hoffbauer is. Where's um, he from? He's from New Jersey. Yeah, that's his dad, John. Um, yeah, so he, I, he's actually the captain of the basketball team at Christendom. Really nice guy. And Wait, does he have, can you tell if he's a little Asian? Yeah, he's Filipino. Um, and he found a picture of his basketball team. His oh, was he the one? Uncle said? Steve. And yeah, so he showed my dad it. I saw my dad. Some before it. And, yeah. yeah. I, never, I can't remember that one. Um, and uh, so his uncle Mike, who lives across from Christendom, up on the hill by Mrs. Cut, Mrs. Hushman, Mrs. Yeah. Hickson. Okay. He's up there. Um, but John, I thought he'd stayed up there. So I went I went to France with those guys and um were we in Belgium too? We were in Belgium too. So um and then ended up down at Lourdes and at Paris. But we spent about five days, I think, at Fontainebleau, which is an awesome monastery, daughter monastery of Soren, which is where Mr. Brown's brother, Father Joseph Mary, was at the time. And so that was great for me. And then Lourdes and the pilgrimage, I came back and again I, I think I was probably homesick, but it was two weeks away. It's like, I'm going back to America. And I worked my way back up to Luxembourg and flew back. But um, I told Dad somewhere in the mix, I somehow called Collector. I don't know what we did. That's what he had to do back then. He had a cell phone. And I said, hey, Dad, I'm, I'm coming back for I'm coming back early. He said, all right. Because um, he was following the shuttle back then. So I just knew I had to get to Boston or New York, and then I could catch the shuttles back. So he... Icelandic air, I think I ended up going to Boston. Um, and Dad just said, I'll talk to the gate agents. They'll they'll know you're coming. And But that's, those are the kind of things Dad would do. He's just like, yeah, but no big deal. Yeah. yeah. And then I was back. When I decided later on, a few weeks later, to go to the seminary, I only had about a six-week window before I entered, actually. And Father Gould was great because he let me come in, in last minute. Um and then I had to completely put on the side all the all the Navy stuff that I was yeah. that I've been doing. So Dad was okay with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was okay with that. Uh, down deep, it may have been he may have been just like uh, wishy, but yeah. then but then here come Bob and Pat, and they yeah. do the same thing that Daisy and Dad went through. Um, so um, the college change after that, I think, because because I think Mom and Dad, I may have talked to them about you know how you know. It really wasn't a Catholic culture or very supportive of me in the faith, even though I had to make, that's where I had to make the faith my own because I had to make a choice to go to Mass every day if I was going to go. Yeah. You know, and some of the, but they had, the president, I guess, was was a good guy. I didn't know it at the time, Scatino. And the priest that I knew that mom and dad had met and kept in contact with a little bit when we were up there, uh, Father Levis, who used to be on EWTN, he was great. Um, but like, give you an example. In one of our English classes, the the lady had us write an article about, you know, persuasive essay on why you should be able to live with someone of the opposite sex. So I hear that it's like this is insane. Yeah. So I take it to Father Levis, who's been there for decades, right? Well, I didn't know he knew the president. They were they were friends, and he, and so he said, we, we, I can still remember the McDonald's that he we, we went and just hung out and he said well just write as if it's your cousin you know who's a girl well i can do that okay just do that do that way 
In the meantime, I'll I'll do it. I see what I can do. Turns out, I think he talked to the president, and that he I I got the impression from him that an assignment like that would never happen again. Oh, wow. so that's the school had some, but Scatino I don't know how much longer he was there. Yeah, but the culture was it's like you're you're, you're you know trying to hold back this this wave, and if yeah. you don't have everybody doing it, then you're gonna get. So anyway, I left and uh, and. Uh, Mom and Dad were okay with that. Went to Christendom, and uh, they were great. They used to come out a lot, see us in different sports and stuff, and um, different events. And we were close enough to home, so we would come home too. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think after Steve, I think that's when it was kind of. Well, your dad could have gone a couple places for basketball. I think Dad would have let him, but I, I don't think your dad wanted to. Like I, I want to do what these guys are doing. Yeah. So, um, but the, by the time Bob came along, yeah, I think it was. You have these choices. Yeah. Definitely with Chris and Pat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, by that point, it, it, again, the faith was, was key, and Dad had been to a, a large Catholic college. And I'm not sure if it was all guys then or not. Creighton may have been in the 60s, early 60s. All Jesuit. But he also knew he knew college guys, how crazy they can be regardless of what year. So, um, you know, he had that that street sense. And he'd been in the Navy, so he'd seen all these these nuts, you know. Um, these crazy these crazy scenarios. These, um, these different parties that... We'd hear about once in a while when we were older. Um, her mom just roll her eyes. But, um, yeah, that's... Um, but they, you know, so dad was street smart. And he wasn't, you know, he's like, no, you know, we're not going to... These are places. So I'm not... I, Gannon, I didn't even think, you know, try... I mean, I wasn't trying to do Virginia Tech. I wasn't trying to yeah. do James Madison, George Mason. I wasn't interested. But I think across the board, it was like, okay, where are you going to be able to practice the faith? Yeah. Father, how much more time do you have? Uh, I have, I have uh, are you going to new mass or not? So I actually went to 830 mass. Okay, that's uh, good. Yeah, I'm all saints. No, I'm, I'm, I'm good for about another 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll try to make sure you wrap it up by then. Um, I would, yeah, I wasn't sure. I yeah. figured you weren't saying a new mass. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. Um, but did, uh, when it came to your decision to enter the seminary or even through life at the seminary, what, what would you say Papa's impact was in that? Sure. Well, I think it was the hard work and the decision-making process. And as hard as it was for me to make the decision and, and put the egg on the hold, on hold. Mom and dad had put us, and dad particularly, as a, you know, I could talk with him, so he gave, and he also, his example was like, okay, this, he prays, he goes to Mass, goes to confession. I mean, that was standard down in, in Georgia, you know, with Saturday afternoons, not Father Moore. You could, could have told him you'd, you'd killed 50 people, three Hail Marys, three Our Fathers, three Hail Marys, if I could. Um, and so that was the, the example as far as the faith and just, you know, mom, dad, teaching, actually planning, having us move to CE. Christendom's impact, but all the teachers 
and what we were learning, putting us in those environments too, uh, was very was huge. Um, and and Dad was helpful. He he wouldn't. I'm not sure if Dad ever said you have to do. You know, it's like well, and I, and I knew I could bounce things off him. It's like what do you think? You know, as far as. Um, and I think when it comes to seminary, I think it, for sure Dad. I never asked him to ask him directly, but later on, if he how he his sense was for him trying to counsel me on that because what does he know about the seminary? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You know, there's no history of consecrated life in the families. Um, and uh, even though he did serve for the bishop and he served, you know, at St. Joe's, you know. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, and I've got some of those linens from that bishop he used to serve for. Really? Yeah, Monsignor Mayhew got them to me one day. But um, he's pretty smart guy. But, but anyway, it was dad's example, his prayer life for sure, and then making sure our prayer life and the daily rosary was huge, I think, for all of us, especially for me. And then his example, just as a man, you know, hard work, detached from this world things, um, being open. Um, you know, mom and dad to life and just, okay, you're just, you're generous with God. That just kind of flows through. Um, and there's generosity with other people too that I, I, I just picked up on. So as the oldest, you know, granted, the younger guys may have had a different experience of even doing more things, but still I remember, you know, with the guy in Georgia and other things and sacrifices you make for the faith yeah. and for the family. I mean, I knew dad had given up the Navy and he moved us up here. So I had that experience of the Georgia and we're a pretty good place. I mean, you know, um, if you look at the world's way of things, but spiritually, I think mom and dad could see them, some things coming. So, um, so that's how it prepared me to be able to make the decision to go to the, to the seminary. And definitely at Seton, me and Father Vassal was pretty big, actually. Was huge. Yeah. And then Christendom, you're, you're going to Mass every day at Christendom. So that was the difference for me. Although I'd already made that decision at, at um, Gannon. Yeah. Not every day. I didn't make it every day, but mm -hmm. often. Yeah. Um, more times than not, I think, by the time I left. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, that is, that's how I would say it. I mean, the prayer life, the, you know, in the sacramental life, the dad made sure of it, mom, for sure, but dad was a great example there. Um, and then um, just these examples as far as how he went about his life, just his work ethic. And you really just, you don't give up, you don't complain, even though I like to complain. It's like, no, you just um, do what you need to do. And you work hard at what you do. And so whether that's sports or whether it's on the lawn or whatever. Yeah. And then you persevere. So I remember times working on engines with Dad, which I just couldn't get the knack for it. Um, you know, Uncle Steve, Uncle Bob, and, and Uncle Chris seemed to be kind of second nature to them. I'm not sure about your dad, but for me, it was just like, look, whatever. So, but I can remember. I mean, Dad would get a little upset because you got to do this or that. And But he was going to fix it. It took all night. He was going to fix the engine, you know. Mm -hmm. And he had, to, he had to get it. You know, use it. So, um, so those types of things, um, and um, and not having to have the best of everything. I think the van was the first new car, maybe the only new car we ever bought. I think the Malibu. Like Mom said, the Malibu, but I don't remember it because I was in Jacksonville. 
I was like two years old. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you miss, you never had the boring stuff. You basically, you you fix and deal with what you had and you took care of what you had and okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that would be. And then, of course, dad was completely supportive. You know, I wanted to say that. That's probably the biggest thing because some of my buddies that were the same way they didn't have any support from their families. Yeah, especially the guys that came home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's still the case nowadays. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So I was eighty-eight when I went to the seminary, um, and uh, yeah, I used to call Dad up. Um, with some some scenarios like if I was dealing with you know middle schoolers or teenage boys and it's like dad what what could I do here or you know people that were adults that were military you yeah know, and okay what's gonna work so that's he was always want to say well think about this he he always kind of give a different perspective and just kind of a question you know, yeah. maybe ask a question or two. So even as a priest, it was helpful. Probably should have called him more often. <laughs> yeah. I guess that kind of was leading to what I was asked about. Did did your and Papa's relationship grow or change in any way once you became a priest? Or how often did you see each other? Um, or did what he, what he spent most of his time doing, did that kind of morph into something else? It would kind of, I think, peaks and valleys based on what the guys were doing, the younger guys. So I'd come to a lot of sporting events. So with um, uh, Uncle Chris, Uncle Pat, um, and Dad was coaching them a lot um, before. Hold on. This would have been the early 90s. I guess Dad was still coaching, but, well, hold on. Your dad was, he, he graduated in 92 from Christendom. Yeah. Uncle Bob had gone to college then. So, yeah, as a priest, I still see mom and dad, Josie around, uh, little guys. Um, at different, yeah, different sporting events and stuff like that, a lot of it will be. Um, and depending on where I was stationed, so when I got stationed at Columbia Beach, that was a little more difficult. Um, but we try to catch lunch every once in a while, my free day. I think a lot of my free days I would I would come back, try to get up here if there's something going on, if there's a game or something. Yeah. Um, so, but our relationship probably it did change because um, it probably with all my all the brothers this has happened. Because um, um, once in high in college, there's that, but then you start making decisions for life, and then you know and you're going to go to when you're going to ask you know the guy that you saw took care of you and, and they stuck to his decisions and raised you so so we start asking dad i think all of us anyway but at least i did um you your relationship you start to respect in a greater way what you have your perspective is better the more you have in the adult life and experiences with different people different areas of life and decision making so you start to have a greater respect, like, oh, yeah, okay. Mom 
there's incentives, you know, it's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. So, um, and then as far as just our relationship, just being able to talk about different things about the faith or, um, and then always, you know, wanting to get together and Dan always enjoyed that mm -hmm. and spending time together. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Um, it was, I mean, it was, it was always good, but when I was in high school, it's just a little bit different because dad's coming across as a disciplinarian. He's got to, you know, he's kind of keeping you on the path. And yeah. Kind of, and then by college, a little bit different because you're making decisions, you're off at college and you're still talking and, but I'm not sure dad was much of a, I'm not sure he questioned us a lot. Um. I'm not so sure about that, but he, he was always there to talk and stuff. And then, but once you're an adult, then it, it was, yeah, as for me, as I was in the seminary talking about different things, I'd see Father Saw a lot, but my dad um, still probably should talk to dad a little bit more because his, his experience was more wide. But, um, but as a priest, though, I think I did. I started drawing him more and just that interaction with him was great. Yeah. Um, can't remember a lot of we may have taken some trips like some weddings or something with family the funeral of, of, of uh, uh, grandma and grandpa and grandma um, those were like the whole families together especially when dad's mother died she died what January of 2008 so literally this like eight months before dad died so you've got you know, we're all out there and you've got some grandkids out there and you've got Jill and, and Katie there too. So that was, th those are kind of neat to see dad with his own family members, but then with all of us and just, okay, how yeah. mom and dad raised us. When did family vacation start? I think Father Son gave us the idea because he's already going down to the Outer Banks for spring and fall things with, you know, high school, college guys. So, um, See, so yeah, I was down there with him, I think, for my diaconate before I was ordained a deacon, I think. That would have been 91. Um, and I think the family vacation started um, a few years after that. I know at my second assignment um, at St. Catherine's, there was a, a very generous family there. And the dad was an eye doctor. And um, so they, resources, he had, he had a lot of resources. And... Um, so they had a place in Bethany Peach, and they just said, here, can you just go there and use that for a week? And it was literally basically on the water. And we'd never done something like that. And, and, and of course, while we were over there, Dad's fixing things at the place. You know, he's just like, well, what can I do to kind of say thank yeah. you to these people? But that's when, I think that's mid-90s. Okay. Yeah, probably safe to say. And would the whole family try to go all through those years, or when did it start becoming um, everyone would try to come? With the exception of maybe three or four family members. Yeah, it was from then on. I think we pretty much like that was ninety. See, ninety four. I went over to St. Catherine's. Probably ninety six, and um, we did it maybe a couple times. And then after that, um, I think that's when we started. I'm not sure if we were able to do it every summer, um, but it was from the very get go. I'm not sure if, if Uncle Steven and Aaron were able to go right away and how much Uncle Bob and Aunt Missy 
because the Marines, yeah. what they had him doing. But um, they would probably be able to remember better than I. I just, I just know I was, I was there a lot uh, whenever we did it. Yeah. I mean, I said mass every day. <laughs> so I can remember all the different ways that we said mass at the house, back at the church. The early years, we were trying to say mass at the church, just a private daily mass. Really? All the different five-year-olds who started serving at a beach house and said, yeah, that's right. <laughs> church. That's right. That was the first time I served. Was it? Yeah. Beach yep. house. Yeah, I think Liam. Same with Liam and probably a couple of the others. Jimmy, I think, too. Yeah. Jimmy so, still doesn't serve, so. Yeah, definitely. Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think all the boys know that. And I think I'm backing, think of the different parish, because kind of, it kind of gives me perspective because I can think of the different churches where we've been. Um, like St. Anne's is the church in Bethany. I can remember we would go there. And I would just, I think I would just say the daily mass or, or kind of celebrate the priest there. Um, so, uh, but then it was down to the Outer Banks after that. Yeah, I have to check on the first year when we did that. But it was, I think, June. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we've ever done. July or August. Um, I know the Vanderwoodies from Louisville, when they were moving from New York, they had a stint there where they were in between the move and they actually stayed over in Bethany. The same uh-huh. people had actually had a different place further in, and it's like a, a cottage. But Aunt Missy stayed there for like two weeks, maybe three weeks. With the kiddos, and I'm not sure if your mom and any of you guys went over there. I think Aunt Aaron took some of the kiddos over there for off and on. Uh-huh. Um, but um, and that would have been so. It's it's been almost every year. It was been nice. We started. Oh, yeah. all looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Well. Oh, I had. This will be the last ones. Uh, Marion Day. Did right. what? Do you know when exactly Papa started doing that? And it sounds like it was a pretty big event. Or was it after your time in high school? Yeah, always right around Memorial Day weekend. And uh, I think we did it a couple times. Mike Brown was kind of his idea. Really? To talk with dance and make it better. Um, they, so I remember Father Pollard coming out when he was a deacon. So he was ordained in 1990. So this would have been 89 um, that he did benediction for us out there. I was a seminarian, but he had finished up his second. No, he finished up his third year as a deacon. So he got ordained. Yeah, he was class of 90, so he got ordained as deacon in 89. Uh, in May. Um, so he actually, it was 89 then when we had the Marian Day. I know for sure. And I can't recall if we had it earlier. But the year before is when I graduated. It's also when Uncle Stephen and Aaron were married in that July, and it's also when Grandpa Vanderwood died, July 25th. So 
keep pushing back. 88, I graduate from Christendom in May. Did we do something? Because I just remember Matt Cutterback trying to finish a paper that was due when we graduated. I mean, it's like, what, the, what are you doing? Uh, We're going to the airport the next day from Baltimore. We stayed at their house over there the night before. We already graduated. What's your, what are you doing? He goes, I haven't, I haven't turned this up. So he stayed up the whole night and, and then did it. And I don't know, I, that exited to the professor and I guess he graduated. But the, um, that, so I think we went over, no, we went later in June. We did. Because I was over there for June 24th for John the Baptist. So we still could have done Memorial Day that day, that year too. Mm. I know we did it when I was, when I, and so we, I don't know how many years we did it. I know when I was ordained, we had, we had something similar. We did a reception and basically it was a Marian Day thing. But Mike Brown was already out of, was he already out of school? He was only a year ahead of me. So he graduated in 87. So there's the question. When we started, we started that year or not. Oh, okay. Marion days are great though, you know, 100, 200 people all running all over the farm because the farm had no houses. Yeah. And yeah, it was just a free fall. It's amazing when we got married, seriously. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. But we do a rosary procession and then we did the Eucharistic procession once or twice. Benediction on the back porch. But then you had rain. You had rains a couple of years, and that just kind of killed it. Yeah. So yeah. That kind of. That kind of. But it was good. It was I don't know five years that we did it or something like that. With the Grimbergs, I'm not sure if they came from Maryland or the Glens or the. Um, you know some of the others from up there and then went down here. Um, but anyway. Those are good years. Yeah. And dad would, I think, do all the, you know, he'd have the grill out there, a couple grills and burgers and stuff for everybody. It's kind of nice. People brought side dishes, I think. It was great. Yeah. And bale of hay, of course, in the summer that he was out of work. Um, I mean, we did 13,000 bales that year. Oh, we, I remember Steve and I were trying to keep up with dad. I'm not sure where Dan was. Maybe he was driving a tractor or maybe... Bob was driving the tractor, but for bailing, because Bob would go cut, he'd take the tractor off the hay barn, he'd go mow, and he could start that early, we had to wait till the dew got off, so we couldn't start bailing until like noon, and, and Dan, but then Steve and I were taking the truck, we'd take the loaded wagon, unload it, and by the time we got back, Dad by himself with one of the other guys driving tractor already loaded another wagon for us. So he was just killing it. Um, and I remember that that's out off Waterfall Road past Lockyer High, High School where that field was. Because we at one point we tipped it. We we had it pretty full around the angle. And I'm not sure if Dad was there that day. He may have been. I know we, a few of us were up on top. So you have to ask your dad and Uncle Steve. But... We should have brought that up last night, but I remember riding the riding the pile down, and you just gotta jump at the end, just yeah. roll. But yeah, yeah, 
that's where Papa's work ethic and getting things done, really. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's those years. But the Marion Day, yeah, that was all. That was awesome. Good times. Yeah. Well, I think I covered a lot of a lot of what I wanted to go over <laughs> and yeah. more. Um, yeah. um, I think we could wrap it up here. That's good. Um, Act with different types of people. He was, he was good, always just able to do that. Um, and that's one thing I think that he gave us an ability to, to just just to interact with different people. He yeah. wasn't, um, and not to be afraid to actually just engage somebody. It's like, try to do this or that, mm -hmm. whether it's at a World Youth Day or traveling to an airport or trying to get on a plane, get on a bus, do a World Youth Day or get through a crowd um, or get something fixed. You know, um, it's just, I think that was good. just his mentality. It's like, yes, well, there's, there's a way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But anyway.